You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker with me today, and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. I got to tell you, in in the new intro, it's the curveball that Tua throws to Mark Clayton at the end that really, like, sets me just like I'm ready to charge through a wall when I see that one. Yeah, I mean, he's on the money on that pass down the seam to Keith Jackson, but that yep. that that screwball that he throws to to Mark Clayton is something else. I mean, it is remarkable. It's it's a remarkable pass by by Tua Tagovailoa, who we may talk about a little bit on the show today, Brain. But it, it's a very special episode of the same old Dolphin Show, Brain. Do you know why? Do you know why it is a special episode of the show today? Because it's National Cat Day. Is it? Is that a thing? Is it National Cat Day? I, I was informed of this a couple of hours ago. Wow. That's uh, big if true. Um, but that's not it. That's not oh. why this is a big show. It's because we've got some friends of ours who we're very excited to welcome back to the program. They've been special guests before uh, as individuals. They've been special guests as a team. We have been guests of theirs, and we are very excited to welcome them back to the same old dolphin show so please everybody watching live on youtube and in the i am a miami dolphin fan facebook page and everybody who is listening i hope wherever you are listening to this podcast right now that you speak out loud and give a warm same old dolphin show welcome to our very good friends kadeem simmons and charlie touche of go time dolphins they're with us today gentlemen how's it going Hey, listen, man, you guys don't have to speak out loud to us because we can't hear you. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Josh for that no, intro. No, speak out man. loud. Shout out, shout out to Josh for that intro. What, what's up, fellas? We appreciate you guys having us back on, man. Yeah. Um, speak so loudly that I can hear you from London, UK right now. If I can't hear you in London, UK, you aren't speaking loud enough. So, you know, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you are in the world, Speak loudly, say hello, and I'll speak loudly back to you. There we go. I, I was a fan of the Ricky Williams jersey, but this bucket hat has taken it to a new level. This is phenomenal. <laughs> See, this is this is the gimmick right here. Bucket season. 100%. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, Kadeem is wearing a Ricky Williams jersey. This looks like, uh, what's that, like the 2000, what, what year is that? The 2000. I mean, it's, it's the, the cartoon dolphin era. It's got the shadow on it. You know, it's yeah. It got the shadow on it. So that's probably when 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 we had the blue jerseys too. Yeah, remember those blue jerseys we had? Yes, it was probably around that same time. 
It's good stuff. So he's got the the white Ricky Williams jersey with the with the aqua collar, but now he's also got the aqua bucket hat with the new Dolphins. No, the old school original yeah, Dolphins yeah, yeah. logo, the, the '66 Dolphins logo on it. We love to see it. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. We're very happy to have both of you on the show again to talk a little bit of Miami Dolphins football. And you know, you know, the regular season is is starting to creep up on us a little bit because. There's actually there's stuff to talk about. You know, there's the dog days of summer where you're sitting around and you're trying to figure out what are we going to talk about on the show? And you guys have no <laughs> off season. You guys are doing shows, multiple shows a week all through the summer. So y'all, y'all are grinding and coming up with content, which is great. And I appreciate it. And I, I would think that everybody who's listening to Go Time Dolphins appreciates it. If people are not, let's get this plug in real quick right at the beginning. Where can people find Go Time Dolphins? Hey, listen. Before we even tell you that, man, look, it's Go Time Dolphins, right? Uh, find us at Go Time Dolphins. Uh, everything spelled properly, proper. You know, like my, my co-host from London would say proper. So at Go Time Dolphins on all platforms, at, on YouTube, IG, Twitter, everything, at Go Time Dolphins. But over at Go Time Dolphins, we have a saying where it's uh, your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, right? And I got to tell you this, Same Old Dolphins is my favorite podcast outside of Go Time <laughs> Dolphins. So for us to say your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, this actually happens to be our favorite podcast as well. So oh, appreciate well, you guys having us on, man. There's there's appreciation. Goes both ways. Um, very, very happy to hear that. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Um, so we're going to get into, we're going to talk about some football here today. We got a lot to talk about because there's actually some news and there's a game. There's a game this week, a Miami Dolphins game, a real football. I mean, it's preseason, but there's going to be 70-something dudes in Miami Dolphins uniforms and pads and helmets and playing up against another team. It's real. It's going to be competition. You know, it's it's not exactly uh, whose line is it anyway, where the, where the points aren't real and results don't matter or whatever the thing is, but it's it's football, and I'm excited about it. But before we do that, we do have a new sponsor alert because we do have a new sponsor here on the show. And that sponsor, of course, is True Classic Tees. We got to talk about them because, listen, they're the absolute best fitting T-shirts a man can buy. Listen, finding the right T-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod can be incredibly frustrating because most T-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or they look way too big and boxy. But True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. And our listeners get access to the best deal they offer for a limited time only. Get 25% off with the promo code DOLPHINSTALK at trueclassic.com. True Classics tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. You can see the brain and I are both actually rocking our True Classic tees right now. So it's time to highlight your best attributes with the T-shirt you can always confidently throw on. And I, I listen, if you listened to the show last week, you already heard me. I was already a fan of True Classic before they decided to sponsor the show, which we're really glad, really excited about. Um, I've got their T-shirts. They also do hoodies. They do sweatpants. They do boxer briefs they do polos they do athletic wear it's just it's great stuff and look it and all their gear is top-notch quality 
and the prices are reasonable. So for any of the big boys out there as well, they also have long body options, right, for the tall guys and up to triple XL on all their staple colors. So whether you have abs or flabs, their clothes look great on all body types. Big dudes, small dudes, my dudes dudes, true classic has you covered. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. And free shipping is included on purchases over $100. There's also a 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. So stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. Now that I'm done reading the ad, I'm going to say it again. You got to... You owe it to yourself, guys, to get yourself a True Classic tee because it's good stuff. They're comfortable. Brain, you're wearing your True Classic tee for the first time. How do you feel about it? I love it. I mean, it, it's a good fit. Like, look, I don't have a bit of a dad bod. I've got a full-grown dad bod. Um, <laughs> and I like the way it looks. It's difficult to get a T-shirt and, like, you know, you get a, you get one of those shirts and it kind of fits right, but then it's too short. You kind of lift your arms up and, like, half your gut is hanging out, and that doesn't happen in this shirt. Um, it looks good. Most importantly, my wife said it looks good. So There we go. That's all that really matters. Let's Seal of it, approval right Let's there. Let's go. Let's go. So there it is. Get your true classic tees. 25% off with the promo code Dolphins Talk. Speaking of Dolphins Talk, let's talk about the Dolphins. The depth chart, first depth chart of the season was released this week. And, uh, you know, as they say, it's pretty chalk. You know, I don't think there were any significant surprises. I'll throw the offense up on the on the screen here. Nothing too terribly surprising, I think, on the on the depth chart. Um, again, nothing too, too, so oh, those are the specialists. There's uh, the defense over here. Nothing too terribly surprising there. I think it's all pretty straightforward, but were there any, anything that you found interesting in reviewing the depth chart for the first time? We'll start with, uh, our guest, Kadeem. I'll, I'll hand it to you. When you saw the depth chart for the first time, was there anything that made you go, Hmm, or were you just kind of like, no, I mean, this looks basically like I would expect it to look. Yeah, it's, you know, the first depth chart of the season normally has something which everyone normally goes, hold on, why is that? And then you realize that the team isn't given anything. So, no, I wasn't expecting to see Tyreek at the bottom bottom of the depth chart. He had to work his way up. That was never going to happen. It's, um, we've known for a good few weeks now that the offensive line was going to look the way it did with Connor Williams at center. Um, Otten Jackson at right tackle and Liam Eikenberg at left guard. Um, see, yeah, my, my biggest, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do, I guess would be on a specialist, and I believe it was Tyreek Hill at punt return, um, and I think Raheem Mostert at kick return. And the, the Hill one was the one where, was, where, you know, myself and Charlie and other Dolphin fans have gone back and forth with, you bring in someone like Tyreek Hill on all that money, and you're going to have him return kicks. But the flip side is that when you have someone with the speed of Tyreek Hill, how can you not have him return kicks? So, or punts, I guess, in this sense. So that was the only one which, for me, was like, okay, this is what they're doing. How long it lasts, who knows? But for now, that seems to be the plan going forward. Charlie, do you have any thoughts? Man, yeah, he he, he ran off with the plug and said the kick return, punt return. And I think seeing Raheem Mostert on kick return is another one because we know he's 
he hasn't been the healthiest. And you wonder what that would look like if you're returning kicks. So I thought for sure if if Savan Ahmed was going to make the roster, he would be kick return, punt return. He he he's, he runs like he shot out of a cannon. Uh, to see Tyreek Hill on punts, you wonder how people would other teams would play that. Would they just punt away from him? Would they give us the short field? Would they punt to him? Uh, when Tyreek is in game time, most important punt return situ- situations, I like it. Regular time punt return situations, I don't know about that. Like Dolphins up 13, fourth quarter. I don't know how, how much I'm feeling Tyreek Hill at punt return. So I get it. And I, I like the, the threat of having the short field. But, man, and we're deep, man. We're finally deep on, 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 on receiver. We're deep in the in – the, in the, in, in, I know you just talked about the depth chart, so I'm going to kind of go there real quick. But I feel like, yeah, you don't want to see Tyree Hill on, on special teams. However, we're deep enough to where we could take some chances. So nothing glaring stood out. I would say how I don't love how – we're top heavy at corner. You got X and Byron, but nothing else after that. Trey Williams is doing good in 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 the offseason, which is great because we're gonna need someone to step up. Yes, we have Nick Needham and Verone McKinley, hopefully, you know, surprises the world. But after those two corners, man, there's there's something you can't have, you you, you never have enough of, which is O line, D line, and corners. So I, I'm a bit concerned about how shallow we are at corner right now and uh, you know everybody like, oh we got the best corners yeah we do but that's just two people and it's 18 18 weeks that's right Se- 17 games 18 weeks and you need them to last and and one of them Xavier howard has you know i mean he's he seems to have turned a corner the injury hit knock on wood right mm-hmm. hopefully he's not going to be running into injury problems any longer but it it it's happened before brain your thoughts on this depth chart yeah i mean the the kick returning thing is an interesting conversation but i mean realistically i i don't think it's going to be a big deal i think it's going to be something that's very fluid i do think there's going to be moments where hey this is a big punt return situation okay let's put our best guy back there but having multiple guys that can do it having a waddle having a javon holland hell even having a noah igbenogany that has return experience back there um having multiple guys that can do it means you don't always have to put tyreek hill out there or always have to put jalen waddle frankly you know because look if you're worried about injuries um i don't know that I like, like, why do you even want to put Javon Holland out there then? Cause I mean, you can make the argument that Javon Holland is as important to this team defensively as Tyree kill is to this team offensively. At least you've got Jalen Waddle. If Tyree kill should go down. And I'm not saying that Jalen Waddle at this point in his career is at, is at the same level as Tyree kill, but at least they have a similar skill set. If Javon Holland goes out, gets gets injured you've got no one that can fill that role so uh, you look at at a certain point you just have to come to the realization that it's football you could you get hurt on any play any player can get hurt so like put your best guy out there but at the same time 
having multiple guys that can do it means that you don't always have to put Tyreek Hill or Javon Holland or Jalen Waddle out there. You could put a Raheem Moster. You could put a Noah Igbenogany. And so I'd like to see those guys get a little bit more of an opportunity this preseason so that we can see if they if they're guys that can pop a little bit uh, and fill that role coming into the regular season, especially a guy like Noah Igbenogany, because let, let's face it, I mean, it's not like he's ever going to live up to his first-round draft status. He's not going to be a star cornerback. But, hey, if he can pop on special teams, then he he's bringing something to the table. Now, Charlie pointed out the cornerback situation. I'm not that concerned about the cornerback situation. One, because – like obviously the cornerback depth chart looks a lot different when Byron Jones is off the pup. Um, and, and I understand that that's two guys, but like how many teams can look at their fourth cornerback and say, Oh yeah, we're good with this guy starting. Nobody, nobody, nobody's looking at their number four corner and saying, yeah, this is somebody that we're comfortable putting out there against any receiver in the league. That's why they're the number four cornerback. Like, <laughs> Offensive line and cornerbacks you can never get enough of. That's because every single team in this league needs a fifth offensive lineman, and every single team in this league needs a fourth cornerback. I'll say this. Trill Williams doing what he's done with his skill set, with his physical raw abilities and what he showed in college, I think he looks like he's got the inside track to be the backup as far as an outside cornerback, Nick Needham, I feel very comfortable with in the slot. And look, the reports are like, even though Noah Benogany, you'd, you'd like him to not be being beat out by Trill Williams. The reports are that he looks better than he's looked in the past. So if Noah Benogany and Keon Crossan, who's another guy with NFL experience, are your you know fifth and sixth cornerbacks, I actually don't think your depth is that bad there. Um, but as for the rest of this depth chart, the only other area where I kind of said, hmm, was linebacker. Uh, and that was the rookie Channing Tindall being behind Duke Riley. But to be honest there, that, that doesn't concern me all that much either because like Kadeem said, this is your first depth chart of the year. And this is a rookie third round pick 10 days into training camp. Like if he's, passing Duke Riley that I would say that's a bigger indictment on Duke Riley than it is you know praise on on Channing Tindall at this point so I think look any rookie particularly a third round pick is going to need to work their way up the depth chart they're not just going to be gifted uh, a roster spot certainly not a starting spot yeah I, I would agree and to go back to the kick returner situation I mean, it's never a problem with wanting to get the ball on a playmaker's hands more often you know, because ultimately that's that's what it's all about. You want to you want to feed those guys. But I think some interesting points were made in regards to the depth chart. But one of the things that nobody really touched on that I kind of want to talk about next is this wide receiver depth chart, because if you look at it, you see that your number three and four wide receivers are Preston Williams and Lynn Bowden, Jr., on this chart. Now that's really interesting considering some of the things that we talked about last week, particularly about one Mr. Preston Williams, who was talking about what well, he wanted opportunity. And what I think you've got to respect about the Miami Dolphins is that they are trying to give Preston Williams an opportunity. And the opportunity that they are looking to give him is with some other team as they are going around and shopping, reportedly shopping <laughs> Preston Williams 
and Lynn Bowden Jr. So they're like, Preston, you want an opportunity here? Let's give you an opportunity. Let's find you some other place to play football, and maybe you can have an opportunity because <laughs> you're, you're not getting an opportunity to be here. And I think that's interesting. So the Dolphins are reportedly looking at shopping these receivers, as, as has been documented, well documented. The Dolphins' depth at wide receiver is, is very good right now much stronger than you know a couple years ago when you had or last season when jakeem grant was one of your starting wide receivers um and by the way shout out to jakeem grant hopefully he gets uh he's he's all right he heals up soon he had an achilles injury he's gonna miss the season uh and that's that's just too bad you don't you don't like to see things like that especially to guys who listen while i didn't want him to be a wide receiver on this team anymore i i want him to be able to do well for himself and his family and so for him to uh, suffer an achilles injury when he's apparently having a very good camp is it's very sad to hear so hopefully uh hopefully he heals up soon and is able to make a return from that next season but anyway what what i'm saying is that our right wide receiver room has really come a long way and now the dolphins are shopping reportedly preston williams and lynn bowden jr which is interesting and then that kind of ties in with something else and not that i'm suggesting that the the two would be necessarily uh related but a certain linebacker from Chicago Bears announced today that he was requesting a trade officially from the organization. Now I'm talking about Roquan Smith. And this is interesting because somebody is asking about um, potentially trading for another linebacker, cap for life, in the comments on YouTube. Which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to the Dolphin Suck YouTube channel, now is the time. Hit subscribe, turn on notifications so you know every time we go live, you never miss an episode of the same old Dolphin Show or Dolphins Talk Podcast or any of the other great content that's coming your way on the channel um but that's an interesting thing so is there a world where the dolphins are i don't think there's a world where the dolphins are trading either one of these receivers for uh, roquan smith in particular but maybe there's a way the dolphins can clear off some space i mean they cleared out a little bit of cap space uh earlier today when they traded uh adam shaheen and a seventh round draft pick to Houston for a six-round draft pick. So they moved up in the 2023 draft, got Shaheen, got rid of Shaheen, cleared off a couple million dollars in cap space. So you were able to do a little bit of work there. Is there a world where it makes sense to go after a guy like Roquan Smith and, and potentially include somebody like Preston Williams or Lynn Bowden Jr. with that? I don't know what kind of market there is out there for those two receivers, especially, you know, both of them have had injury problems. Uh, you know, there's... It's a, it's a, it's an open question. So I'll I'll throw it to you, Charlie. You go first. What do you what do you make of this? There is absolutely a world where Roquan Smith is involved in the trade to Miami, and another world where Preston Williams or Lynn Bowden Jr. goes to Chicago. Here's the thing. Oh, all right. And I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a you know deep sigh. Listen, I love Mike Gesicki. Absolutely love Mike Kosicki. So what happens is if you bring in Roquan Smith, there's, we have this window right now. Tua's on a rookie contract. You have to build the best team possible while we have the rookie contract with the quarterback, right? Gesicki is a, is a uh, tag. We tagged him, franchise tagged him. If you bring in Roquan Smith, it doesn't automatically send Gesicki packing. But it does look like we're going to let Gesicki walk. He doesn't fit the scheme like like the inline tight end. He's going to play more inline tight end. And I know this is a roundabout way to get to that answer about Roquan Smith, but it affects one of my favorite Dolphin players. So 
I don't love the idea of moving on from Gesicki, but if you told me, Casca Brothers, that I can get Roquan Smith and extend Mike Gesicki, sign me up. I don't think you can do that. And I don't no, think you can either. I don't, I don't think there's a way to make that happen. <laughs> I, I don't think you can do that either. Now, here's the thing. More practical. To be more practical, what happens is we have to think. And it's, it's, it's not Madden. And I know everybody's, you know, it's, oh, we need a linebacker. Best linebacker in the game. Let's go get him, right? Here's the thing. You're going to have – you got a couple contracts coming up. We, everyone knows Tyreek Hill is going to make $30-plus million a season. Here's the thing. What happens when Robert Hunt's contract comes up? Right. Robert Hunt's contract is coming up. What happens when Brandon Jones contract is coming up? Right. So now we got this two year window. And in my opinion, to answer your question, yes, there is a world where the, the Bears who just had another receiver go down today, had another receiver go down today. Nikhil Harry went down a day or two ago. Right. And they only have one receiver and Darnell Mooney over there that is worthy of starting. So if you give them Preston Williams and Lynn Bowden Jr., and then you'll probably have to throw a pick in there to get, you know, um, Roquan Smith back. Yeah, you can make it happen. Probably work out better if you sent Gasicki involved in that trade too. So now you have more weapons for fields. But, man, I'm not a fan of it. I don't want to take too much time on, on, on this with my answer. Uh, LL Cool K, my co-host Kadeem Simmons over there with the bucket, he knows – he knows how I feel about Gasicki, and I just feel like it's to a point where I cannot pay a linebacker $22 million a season. Right. I don't even pay my running backs because I feel like you should be able to find a running back to fit your scheme. $22 million for a linebacker. And, and I, again, I said I wasn't going to go long, but if you just put the list of – if you prioritize your priorities to most important position on a roster – Excluding special teams, it starts with quarterback, offensive line, corners, defensive line, receiver, whatever you want to go. Linebacker is at the bottom of that list. Not saying you're supposed to neglect it, but I'm just saying I can't pay him $22 million for it. Right. And so, Kadeem, I need your thoughts on this because the implication of, of doing a trade for Roquan Smith would mean that you're also prepared to, to set him up on a new deal. He's on the last year of his deal, so if you make a trade for him – Presumably, you're re-signing him to a new contract, and you're you're putting out some money for this man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think to kind of carry on from Charlie, you bring in Roke, like there, there's definitely a world you can bring in Roquan Smith, but in that world, you are losing not just a Preston Williams or a Lynn Bowden. You're probably losing a Mike Gesicki. You're probably not going to be able to retain Christian Wilkins as well. There's other Dolphins players who, you know, you're looking at going to improve in a position where can the Dolphins improve? I do still believe so. Even after drafting drafting Channing Tindall, you know, we've already paid Jerome Baker. Given how much we've already paid Jerome Baker and then you're going to pay um, Roquan Smith as well, that's a lot of cap to, you know, just pay your inside linebackers. And, you know, from in my opinion, bringing in Roquan Smith and paying him is a luxury. That's the kind of thing you do when, you know, you've just won a Super Bowl and you somehow still got loads of cap space because you have a rookie quarterback and you can bring in Roquan Smith because, you know what, why not? Let's try and go for, as you know, back-to-back rings. But this is an offensive line, which you alluded to earlier. We might need a centre. 
we drafted or drafted, we brought in someone in free agency who played, spent his entire career playing left guard, moved into center. It doesn't look too good. And yeah, we're all here sitting there going, hey, let's bring it, let, you know, let's bring in a linebacker. <laughs> and again, that's brilliant, but that's brilliant when you fix your offense, when your, your offensive line. Um, it, we spoke about the depth chart, the depth chart at corner. I believe DeAndre Baker is now available. Why am I saying let's go get DeAndre Baker and you know improve that you know that, that that side of the ball? Um, I do believe that there is a Bears player we should be targeting. For me, right now, it's not Roquan Smith. You you gonna tell us who it is, bro? Yeah, like you who, just who's the Bears player? <laughs> well, no, I was, I was, I was gonna pass into the casket brothers no. before you know. Um, if you want me to continue, for me, that Bears player had to be Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tevin I Jenkins. figured that was who you were talking about, but you yeah. know. Um, yeah, Te- Devin Jenkins, the right tackle. I know he has injury issues. He might still have a back problem. But, you know, Charlie and I discussed this earlier. The chances are either, neither Preston Williams or Lynn Bowden Jr. are making the Dolphins roster. So if you, get, if you are able to bring in a right tackle who could potentially be your right tackle for the next 10 years and you barely have to pay, pay him... To me, that's a win-win situation. If it doesn't work out, then you brought in a right tackle for someone who's going to get rid of anyway. If it works out, you know, Chris Greer is one to get a genius. So, yeah, if you're making a trade with the Bears, for me... My, boy, my boy, Chris Greer. So, once again, yeah. a genius. When when was the first time that he was a genius? When he managed to get to run Armstead on this deal, which everyone thought we were going to pay him an act, you know, so much money. He managed to get a decent deal for to run Armstead. To be fair, he also brought in, you know, um, Tyreek Hill and no one thought that was possible as well so I know Chris Greer divides opinion over and go time Dolphins we kind of you know consider him a genius and as I, I now refer to him as your boy Charlie to, you know Charlie, Charlie Touche's main boy basically yeah lucky I'll do it conductor hat We'll do a, that's right. That's right. Charlie came on the show and then was was conducting the Chris Greer train yes, over sir. here. Uh, but we'll 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 save the Chris Greer conversation for another time. I do want to kind of dive into something that Kadeem mentioned, and Brand, I'm going to toss this to you here because he talked about the need at center, and that was one of the questions, right? One of the big questions coming into this season with the Miami Dolphins was this idea of our offensive line. And yes, it's been bolstered, but is it going to be where it needs to be? And as Kadeem mentioned, not only did we bring in Teron Armstead, we brought in Connor Williams. Great. We've got our, our left tackle. We've got our left guard. Perfect. Except the Dolphins then decide that they're going to move Connor Williams to center where he's never played before. And now what we're finding, what we're hearing from camp is that it is routine. We're routinely hearing that he is having high snaps. Right, and the, the snaps are coming in high, and two is having to scramble for these snaps. And now, respect where it's due. They're staying after. They're working late. Two and Connor Williams working on the snaps and trying to sort that out. Fine, but it's a little concerning when you're hearing these things from camp. And maybe it's because we're coming from a place where the Dolphins' offensive line has been such a dumpster fire for so long that any little thing that indicates that the offensive line is struggling in some way, it it's alarming. But, PTSD. I mean, Brain, what what is what are your thoughts right now on the center situation? I'm thinking specifically about the fact that you sent me a text message over the weekend, <laughs> alarmed about you're like why is was it I alarmed? Did I say I was alarmed? You the you you sent me a text message. You never send me a text message. It was the weekend. I had some time. I'm trying to get you know. I'm trying to work on our our relationship a little bit. I want to be closer to my brother. 
I well, I appreciate that. So, Send, you know, I, so the I, thing, ha, so the thing that's going to nurture so this I, relationship you know, I, is sending me a message about the center snapping the ball over the quarterback. Sorry, excuse me. I'm swearing on the show. <laughs> that's how I show affection. You don't know this by now? It's, his love language is complaining about the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> me and Al, me and Angry Al have the same love language. Oh. Um, so, all right. So I'll tackle this. I, w- I want to talk. I want my... I want to talk about the the Raekwon Smith stuff too, Roquan, Roquan, whatever. He's not going to be a Dolphin, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, the center stuff. Look, it is concerning, and it was concerning at the time when they, because we all got excited when they when they signed uh, Connor Williams because we said, and this came on that you know they they also then signed Teron Armstead, and we said we fixed the left side of the line. And we're like, and then we talked ourselves into this whole idea that this offense is perfectly fit for Michael Dieter. And that's why we weren't going out and getting a center. And then all of a sudden, Connor Williams is playing center. And we're like, wait a minute, what a Dolphins thing to do. We go out, we think we've got the left guard situation figured out. And then we're going to change this guy's position to a position that he's never played before. And now here we are 10 days into camp and we're finding out that he's having difficulty, you know, snapping the ball in, in a shotgun. So Hashtag same old dolphins. Yeah, it's very same old dolphins, especially if this lingers on into the season. Now, what I'll say is at this point, you've kind of made your bed. Yes. Could we go out? We could sign JC Treader. We we could. Um, at this point, though, with all the other moves that have been made, and, and this is going to kind of segue back into the Roquan Smith stuff. The Dolphins cap situation is great this year because they went and restructured these contracts and they freed up all this cap space, but we're currently something like $24 million over the cap next year. For sure. And we have to figure out, are we going to bring back Mike Kosicki? Probably not. I don't, honestly, I don't see a world where we're bringing back Mike Kosicki regardless of whether we bring in Roquan Smith or not. We're going to get into tight ends in a minute. But, um, you know, we we definitely have to re re-sign and, and give a contract extension to to Christian Wilkins. And we've got to figure out how to get under the cap for next year's roster while still being competitive, because the whole idea is that we're taking a step this year and that next year we're really, really going for it. So like going and bringing in first off, spending an extra $9 million that you can otherwise put, you know, over to next year to help you get under the cap, spending that on a linebacker that you're, you're either going to have for one year or you're going to have to extend and pay somewhere between, you know, 17 to $22 million against the cap next year just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Plus you've got to trade for him. And, you know, Charlie's talking about, you know, is there a, you know, the, the Bears have one receiver worth starting in, in Darnell Mooney. So might they be interested in getting a Preston Williams or a Lynn Bowden Jr.? Well, I got news for you. They might be interested in getting one or one of those guys or both of those guys, but they could add both of those guys onto their roster. They'd still only have one wide receiver worth starting in Darnell Mooney. <laughs> because if those guys are starting, you're not good. <laughs> The, when, I mean, when's fair. the last time pa- Preston Williams was starting for the Miami Dolphins? We weren't a playoff team. 2019. So, yeah. So, I, you know, 
are we trying to trade those guys? Of course we're trying to trade those guys. There are seventh and eighth best wide receivers. That's a good problem to have. And if you can get a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick, great. Because that's more ammunition to either draft players or to move up to get a player that you want in like a fifth round or a sixth round. But let's be real here. Like, the the Bears are not gonna tr- are not gonna trade Roquan Smith for Preston Williams. The Bears are gonna want significant draft capital, and yeah, if you're taking sure. on a guy that's gonna command that kind of contract, then the only thing that you're gonna be able to do then is have cheap labor, aka draft picks. So you cannot give up draft capital, especially when. You know, it's been talked about ad nauseum that the Dolphins need all the draft capital they can in the event that Tua doesn't turn out to be the quarterback that we all hope that he will be so that they could use that draft capital to find that replacement. I'm not so going to lie. It doesn't make any sense. Plus, the the, the guy in the comments saying, uh, let's trade Jerome Baker in a fourth-round pick. I would rather have Jerome Baker at $12.5 million than Roquan Smith at $18 million or whatever he's going to pay, let alone having to throw in an extra fourth-round pick. It's asinine. Here's, and I'm going I'm to let you do your, your hosting, Casker 1, Casker 1, and Casker 2. No, you jump uh, in. Jump in. You could just call us Thing 1 and Thing 2. That's fine. We got, it's, there's always some Dr. Seuss vibes going on. I, I'm going to be real with you guys. The moving on from tour train left the station. We're not moving on from tour. Whether you're a pro tour or anti tour, we have to come to this to this ground. We're not moving off from tour, and this is why. If if you're still entertaining a, Ra- a Roquan Smith, what's gonna happen is you automatically put the onus on O line into the draft. So you have to hit now in the draft because we haven't even mentioned right tackle. How we have Austin Jackson who is not loved by anyone in the Dolphin fandom, in the fan base, he's starting right tackle. That's Tua's blind side. So if you thought we were going to go in the next season without protecting Tua's blind side, we're sadly mistaken. So right tackle is going to be addressed next season. It's not addressed this season, and we just so happen to have a hole at center now because our our left guard is playing center. So with that being said, O-line is still an issue. We have to address O-line next year. Eichenberg, and for, for those who thought Jesse Davis was the worst O-lineman on the Dolphins last year, it was actually Liam Eichenberg. And he starts left guard right now. So he's protected at left guard, and he would do way better at left guard. I want to be very uh, fair. He would do way better at left guard. However, we still have to fix right tackle and center. So whether you entertain this Roquan Smith trade, if you bring in Roquan Smith, you have to pay him, and then you won't be able to pay a right tackle next year, and you're gonna have to address it in the draft. And not only that, you're gonna have to all your picks are gonna go basically to O line. Like we have to address O line. Everyone's gonna know it. People are gonna be trading up in front of you so you don't get your your guy, and that's not a good place to be. And if there's somebody who has proven time and time again that he's great at drafting offensive linemen, it's Chris Greer. So genius. with that said i want to i want to touch on um an excellent piece that was on dolphinstalk.com this week by our colleague dante colinelli and uh, dante does really great work so if you're not following dante you got to make sure that you are but he had an interesting piece on dolphins talk this week where he talked about 
the tight end position. And we've been talking about Mike Gesicki, and I know, Charlie, you really like Mike Gesicki, and you want to see the Dolphins pay this man. And I just think there's an interesting conversation here. Um, and I'm going to read straight from the article that he wrote here. Uh, Dante says, this week McDaniel made some interesting comments about the tight end position and how the group is progressing during training camp. The tight end position in general is a work in progress because we're undoing a bunch of techniques that they've used throughout their football lives, McDaniel said when asked about Hunter Long. After a follow-up question, McDaniel continued about the group's technique. From a starting point, typically tight ends are coached. It's not bad or good, but it's just a commitment to what typically they're coached to not get beat as opposed to attacking with known help, McDaniel said. So for us, a lot of it starts with running off the ball. We're not playing it safe at that position. If you talk about a nine technique, especially in this league, whether that's a stand-up backer or a defensive end, that can be an imposing situation that you want to make sure your guy doesn't immediately tackle somebody. Dante continues, the immediate reaction, mine included, to these comments was to analyze what they mean for Mike Gesicki's future in Miami. Gesicki is not a good blocker, and that's almost definitely not going to change the season. So this doesn't cast a good light on his future with the team. Gesicki's lack of a long-term deal and quiet training camp are also good reasons to be skeptical about him being part of Miami's future. However, these comments were spurred from a conversation about the tight end room as a whole. Someone asked McDaniel about Long, and he basically responded by saying the whole room doesn't block the way they want. That includes Gasicki, Long, and Durham Smythe. Smythe has been dubbed Miami's blocking tight end, but that is less because of his ability and more because of Gasicki's inability. Smith's blocking mm. on film defines trying not to get beat. That isn't what McDaniel wants at the position. So that got me thinking and really starting to wonder we, you know, a lot of us think that maybe Hunter Long is is the tight end of the future for the Miami Dolphins. But I started thinking about the fact that, you know, honestly, there is not a single tight end on this team that is somebody that Mike McDaniel has gone out of his way to to have in-house. Right. So my thought is, I think there is, it, and it's actually probably is the situation, that Miami's tight end of the future, the Miami Dolphins' tight end of the future, is probably not currently on this roster. On and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'll start with you, Kadeem. That is, I haven't read the article yet, but it's as a journalist myself, that sounds amazing. And it, again, it brings up a whole new conversation or a whole new full process. We've already seen Adam Shaheen out of the building um, you know, clears like 1.8 slash 2 million in cap space. Hunter Long probably doesn't get traded this year, but it's very much a case of, you know, while the Dolphins are looking at, you know, offensive line help, linebacker, whatever it is, tight end is something which the Dolphins might address in the draft or they could pick up someone in free agency. You know, losing that first round draft pick just gets more annoying every single week because <laughs> all, all of a sudden we could be having a conversation going, we have two first-round draft picks. One could be a tight end, one could be offensive lineman. Now we're just going, oh, now, now I have to prioritise again what's more important. And if the Dolphins don't have a single tight end, tight end who they believe is the future, I'm not saying they're, they're going to draft a tight end in the first round, but as Charlie alluded to earlier, teams are now going to know the Dolphins want probably the best tight end in that draft class. You guys have to know, jump them. I, I still think that, and again, Mike Gesicki divides opinion because 
Some think that he's actually not that good. Others think that he's underutilized. Others think that you're better off trading him for a Roquan Smith or someone else because, you know, in the nicest way possible, another team probably gets the best out of him. In, for my opinion, I still think he has a role to play in this team, but it could just be a, I guess, a band-aid piece until Mike Mike McDaniel can get his true tight end. Where he's going to get that from, it's probably going to be the, the draft because, again, how many teams are willing to give up a good tight end? You know, there, there really aren't that many in the league. Not that many who probably want to do what Mike McDaniel, you know, requires of them, I guess. My co-host uh, is a Londoner. Yeah. And I'm going to use my best London accent when I describe oh, that let's go. That, uh, that article. That article was spot on, mate. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. Good. Listen, he said everything right. Hit everything on the head. <clears throat> Hunter Long isn't, isn't, wasn't McDaniel's pick. Neither was Jared Dokes. That's why he's probably not going to make the uh, roster. Not not saying he was going to make it anyway, but, you know, these these are – if you look at Jared Dokes, that's a New England running back anyway. We had a New England head coach. You look at Hunter Long, he doesn't fit the mold, right? But before we allow Gasicki's head to roll on the deck, hear me out, fellas. Hear me out. We are we have this window, and I'm gonna say it again. We have this window, <clears throat> excuse me, where no team in the NFL will ever play us single high safety ever again. Now, Tyreek Hill is too fast, Jalen Waddle is too quick. It is never going to happen ever again. You're going to get a lot of disguises, and it's going to look like single high, but it's always going to be two safeties up there forever and ever. Amen. What's going to happen is you're either going to run the ball very effectively because they're going to take a, a guy out the box. You know, we got the best RPO quarterback in the game. Uh, you're you're going to have intermediate routes. You're going to have all kind of yak yards after the catch right now because of Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Tools deadly accurate. We know this. But I propose one more thing. While teams are worried about Tyreek Hill and stopping the run because Mike McDaniel is a genius when it comes to the run, we have one more weapon this year in Mike Kosicki where we can target him 12 times a game. And no linebacker in the NFL can 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 cover Mike Kosicki one-on-one. And they're going to have to but they're not going to be able to. Yes, he's going to line up more in line now because of Mike Kosicki's system, but still, there's no linebacker that could cover Mike Kosicki one-on-one. There's no safety that could cover Mike Kosicki one-on-one. So right now, yes, he does not fit the system, and he does not block well, but I promise you this, when everyone, oh, how are we going to uh, – we're going to double Tyreek, we're going to put one over the top of Waddle, and we're going to stop the run with 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 – seven in the box instead of eight. Okay, well, what are you going to do? with You're going to leave Gesicki one-on-one now. Gesicki needs to have 12 targets a game now because of that. I think that's an interesting point that you make, but I think the opposite side of that is if Gesicki's in the game and he's lining up in line, I mean, those teams know that he's not going to be staying in the block. You know what I mean? Part that's the whole thing about the tight. You know, one of the key things about a tight end is is that uncertainty of what they're going to do in any given moment. And with Gesicki in there, it has a tendency. It could have a tendency to get a little bit predictable. Brain, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, my thought is, is that, look, what is training camp for, especially when you've got a new head coach? It's to work on things. And Mike Kosicki knows how to be a receiver. So we don't need training camp. There's a whole camp. episode of Go Time Dolphins about this. <laughs> we don't need to, you know, all of training camp for Mike Kosicki to work on being a receiver. But he's never been tasked with the responsibility of having to block, especially in a system like this where he's he's going to need to be, you know, an adequate blocker, not just somebody that could kind of get in the way, not just a decoy as an inline, you know, line, lined up on the line of scrimmage. He's actually going to be relied on to be blocking. Otherwise, he really can't be on the field on those running plays. So if the foundation of this offense is the outside zone and it's running off tackle, then you need your tight end to be able to block. Otherwise, everything else that this offense is built off of will not work. So I don't care that Mike Kosicki is having a quiet offseason. I know what Mike Kosicki can do when he is, is out there running routes. I'm not necessarily concerned on ab about it. Now, that said, as far as Mike Kosicki's long-term future here, it goes back to the, the cap space issue that they have, and it goes back to production. Because at the end of the day, no matter what Mike Kosicki does this year, the guy's going to want to get paid like $12 million a year, if not more, next season. And how are you going to do that if this guy's putting up like 700, 800 yards and, and a few touchdowns? Because like there because the ball's going to go to Tyree Kill, the ball's going to go to Jalen Waddle. You're going to run the ball. So like first off, he's got it, like him not being able to block in this system is going to decrease his value and there's just not enough volume to go around for him to put up, you know, the George Kittle numbers, to put up the Darren Waller numbers. So to justify paying your tight end that much in an offense where you need him to block. So Hunter Long is really the most important piece of this, but I agree with you. He's not somebody that Mike McDaniel drafted. He's not somebody that was drafted with this offensive scheme in mind. In mind. But I'll say this, of all the guys they have on the roster, he's the guy that probably fits the mold of what you want in a tight end, the problem is, is, is whether or not he actually gets there as a player. And that remains to be seen, but you know, all of these guys, I, I think the, the key takeaway that I come out of that article with is these guys are all learning how to be a tight end in this system because they played under a system before where they did not have the same responsibility. So they're all working on it in training camp. And we'll see how this thing plays off, plays out in the regular season. But I'm not overly concerned about like you know Mike Kosicki, Mike Kosicki's role going forward. I just think he, he his production is capped in this offense. That's not to say he's not a vital piece uh, that can take this offense to a different level when he's there this season. I just don't see the long term, you know. I don't see him here long term with the with the current cap situation that's looming and the pieces that are around it. I just want to say I just want to say that 
the Dolphins have got to be in a really good position because if we can get Mike Kosicki to be an adequate blocker and mm-hmm. Noah Igbenogany to be an adequate cornerback, the Dolphins are going to take big steps forward. And uh, all they need is for those two guys to be adequate at a couple of skills, which is pretty good situation for the Dolphins to be in. <laughs> um, so, and, and I want to go quick on this because we're, we're going a little bit long here, but I want to talk about the fact that this week, the Miami Dolphins are going to be doing joint practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then having the preseason game on Saturday. Now, for a lot of people, the big highlight of the week is that preseason game because they're going to be able to watch. But in actuality, it is likely that those practices between the two teams are going to be where the real work happens. And so I am curious what it is, which player, if you had to pick one player or one unit on this team, what is who is that player? What is that unit that you are looking to see do the most work um, in these joint practices and to a lesser extent, the preseason game on Saturday? Uh, let's go with, let's go to Kadeem first. Um, I feel like I'm going to cheat by going first because I, I feel like we're all going to say the same unit and probably the same player. The unit is the offensive line and the player is Austin Jackson. Like, it's one thing for the, the offensive line to look good, you know, against a very vanilla Dolphin defense in training camp. It's one thing for Austin Jackson to pancake Jalen Phillips in training camp. Now he's going to go up against one of the best front sevens in the league in Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going up against players who, not that they're going out to injure Tua, but don't care if they hit him a few times because he's not their quarterback, he's not their, their friend. I'm here to attack the quarterback. I'm here to get a starting position. And now we're going to find out just how... I'm going to be positive. Just how good this offensive line is. We're going to find out how big a leap Austin Jackson has made from year two to year three under this new coaching coaching regime. We're going to find out just how bad Connor Williams' snaps are. We're going to find out what Liam Eikenberg looks at left guard. So, yeah, to me... It's all about can the Dolphins defensive line, you know, and, and like Josh said, the preseason game, you might get one or two series from, you know, from the starters. How does this, how does this unit look, you know, that down after down, rep after rep in training camp when things are probably going to get a bit feisty? Listen, I just, I, I just need one person to have a breakout season. It doesn't matter which person it is. As long as it's one of the people that I mentioned, Christian Wilkins, I need you to like, oh, he he arrived. Or Raekwon Davis. Oh, Raekwon Davis arrived. Brandon Jones. uh, Liam Eikenberg, right? If one of those boys stand up or Austin Jackson, right? If one, just one of the ones I just mentioned, if one of them decide to have a breakout season, the Dolphins are in a good place. It's just one of them. Just yeah, they're here, and they're some of them are decent. But I need one of them to want to be a a, a, a pro. If one of them can make that leap and be a standout, the Dolphins are in really really good place. So I know that didn't really answer your question, but I'm gonna go D line as opposed to O line. Yeah, like Raekwon, Christian. What what are we doing, fellas? I'd love to hear it, Brain. Who are you looking forward to to seeing? put in some work this week yeah well I, I agree with Kadeem it's very obvious the offensive line is the question mark that on this team I, I think we all feel pretty confident 
even really about Tua at this point. We we feel the the caveat with Tua is we feel really good about Tua as long as he's protected. So it, it really just comes down to the offensive line. Like I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, you know, how how the these running backs look. I, I want to see, you know, how how this defensive front looks against uh, you know, a good offensive line in Tampa Bay. Uh, but really the question mark on this team is the offensive line. So anytime you're as particularly in the preseason in training camp, the, the question mark is is gonna be, well, what does this offensive line look like? What does this offensive line look like when it gets to to actual competition, not, you know, against their own team where they're going half speed and, and not playing, you know, a hundred percent. Austin Jackson is a big question mark. Liam Eikenberg's a big question mark. Uh, obviously we got to see like, Hey, if we're in, in, in shotgun, can, can Connor Williams make a bunch of shotgun snaps without this being an issue? That's something that we have to keep an eye on. Uh, but it all revolves around the offensive line. Yeah, I hear that. The guy and and what I want to see is kind of related to that offensive line, and it's quite frankly, it's the quarterback. Because, and I thought Alain Poupar of uh, Sports Illustrated, I thought had a very interesting column today where he put up talking about that. A lot of people, if you just are digesting your news about the Miami Dolphins from Twitter, Tua Tungavailoa is like prime Aaron Rodgers in training camp. This year, he's lighting the world on fire. He's dropping dimes in buckets and he's, you know, he's throwing the ball long and he's doing all this, that and the other thing. And he's looking like an outstanding quarterback and it's like undoubted Hall of Famer. And I'm like, and you read online Papar's thing. It's like Twitter is not a real place. And the information that you digest on Twitter is going through the filter of the propaganda machine. That is, you got to think about it, right? These people that are sending out posts from training camp, those videos that the, that the team is putting out on Twitter from training camp of Tua throwing a 50-yard bomb directly into the net or hitting Tyreek on a 65-yard pass, you know, that's great. But that's not every pass, right? <laughs> you're getting little, little, teeny, tiny little bits of information when you're digesting it through Twitter. And you are that's the information that you have. So you're, you're connecting it all like, oh, my gosh, look at this. Look at this process. Look at what this quarterback is becoming. Right. When the in actuality, it's it's much more gray than that. It's not quite so black and white. And what Alain says in this piece is that there is progress being made by Tua. He obviously looks better than he has in the past, but he's not lighting the world on fire. It's not like he's having flawless practices and and, you know, just like I said, he's not prime Aaron Rodgers in training camp right now. He's making mistakes. Not to say that quarterbacks don't make mistakes. It is still training camp after all. But what I want to see is what does Tua Tungavailoa do in a situation where he's up against another team where things break down and he has to go off platform and make plays because that's always the question, right? Anybody, anybody, you know, if they're if they're drafted to play in the NFL, you would ex- you would expect that anybody is able to, in the most ideal circumstances, play the quarterback position, right? And some people can't even do that. Um, high Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> um, but 
what the question is and the difference is what does your quarterback do when he has to go off platform? What does your quarterback do when everything breaks down around him? And I don't know how much of that we're going to see, particularly in the preseason game. And maybe we'll see a little bit of that in the practices, but that's kind of what I'm looking for. And those are the types of questions about the quarterback that we're not going to be able to answer until we get into the regular season. But those are the questions that I have. I'm not doubting that the, that the, that he's improved, but I question just how much he really has improved, how much of this is real life, you know, him dropping these dimes. So all that's to say, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see some of these, um, some of the deeper wide receiver room. I want to see, I want to see Braylon Sanders. Braylon Sanders, who is compared to Kirk Merritt on Go Time Dolphins. Hey. And I want to find out if Braylon Sanders is, if he is the next Kirk Merritt or if he's actually the next Preston Williams, because you remember when Preston Williams showed up, he was a UDFA who showed up mm -hmm. and started balling out in preseason. He made the team, right? So can Braylon Sanders do that? He's got a much steeper mountain to climb because he's not competing against Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant. You know, he's got, he's got some stiffer competition there, but either way, I'm curious to see him as well. All right. So we've talked about it. We've got the big game coming up on Sunday. I'm just fired up to be able to watch football, even though it's going to be competitive. We're just about done. But first, we got to have a pulse check. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. That's right. It is time for the Dolphins Talk Pulse Check here on the same old Dolphins show. We do it every, every week. We're going to talk about how we feel about this Miami Dolphins team. We'll do it in, a, in about 30 seconds and then sum it up in one word. Brain, you're going to go first. Check your pulse. Yeah, so look, you know, we've done these pulse checks over the last couple of weeks and, you know, not a lot has changed. We've gotten little snippets of news, but the fact is, is that for the first time, we're actually going to see some competition. We're going to see the Dolphins going up against opposing players and the fact that they're going up against opposing players from a team that is considered a Super Bowl contending team, arguably the favorite in the NFC. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what this team looks like all, all off season. It's been, you know, getting excited and then remembering, Hey, wait a minute. We, you know, we get excited every year. Like let's, let's pull it back. These, they still have these question marks, but then we get excited about the news that's coming out of training camp, uh, training camp. But then we're like, Hey, look, it's just practice. Don't get too excited. Well, now we're finally going to go up against somebody else. Granted, it's still going to be practice and it's still going to be preseason, but it's going to be our first opportunity of seeing this new look dolphins team against a different team. So I'm curious. All right. I like it. Charlie, check your pulse. Pulse check. Listen, every offseason, the Dolphins win the offseason. Some type of move, some type of trade, some type of draft, and, and everyone gets on us for being excited about the season. I'm here to tell you we can get excited about this season. Check your post, and this is why. I have been unwavering in saying this. Tua is going to win a Super Bowl in his rookie contract. All right. Not only will he win a Super Bowl in his rookie contract, this season, the Dolphins will have 12 plus wins. We will make the playoffs, go on a run, and knock on the door of 
Super Bowl contention. That is not just me just pulling stuff out the sky. I'm telling you this because my word is resolute. I am unwavered in this take. Tua will take us to the promised land. We will get a ring within the next three years. And I promise you this. This season, we're going to have 12 plus wins, knock on the door and say, hey, we're here. There's no more questions about quarterback. The new question is going to be, what's up with this O-line? Can we protect this quarterback, that, this newfound quarterback, or what? I like it. Resolute. Good word. Good word. Kadeem. So I'm not a lifelong Dolphins fan, but I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. And in my short time of being a Dolphins fan, to kind of follow on from Charlie, I'm, I'm sick and tired of always being in the off-season but not quite winning the regular season. So my word is I am knackered. I am exhausted. Knackered, for those who don't know, is basically very, very, very tired. And I am knackered because I am, I'm done with winning the off-season, but not quite doing it in the regular season. I'm done with making high-profile moves in free agency who don't quite pan out. I'm tired of, or I'm knackered, I guess, of having a promising team but doesn't quite go anywhere and you have to, you know, tear it down and then bring in a new head coach who's the, you know, flavor of the month and all that kind of stuff. So I'm knackered and I would really, really, really like it if this Miami Dolphin team in 2022 can finally get over the get over the jump and, you know, just have everyone reinvigorated. So my word is knackered. I like it. I like it, Kadeem. Now- I like it a lot. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Snacking. Been up a long time. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> need to get some sleep. Boys, knackered, mate. <laughs> Spot on, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry to all the uh, to all the British people out there for that terrible accent. Um, so okay, listen, I am. I have been known to drink the Miami Dolphins Kool-Aid, okay? It's been served to me in little styrofoam cups like we used to have in school in the 80s, the little styrofoam cups, okay? Now, I don't know. Charlie, like, drank the whole Gatorade container of Kool-Aid. Bro, before I, I made the Kool-Aid, bro. He made it? I he made, made the it Kool-Aid, and, man. Look, you know what? plus wins, man. I mean, it's – I don't I, – I would love to see that. That is in my, what I believe to be a range of possible outcomes. I don't know that I am as resolute as you are. I am at that point where I'm like, okay, show me. Show me. So my word is leery. I, I would like to see it, but I've been here before. I have been here before where I've been like, I got this cup of Kool-Aid. I got the big Gatorade container down at the end of the bench full of Kool-Aid for me to drink. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm leery. I would love to believe that it's all going to happen. Um, and, you know, the concerns about the center this week. And, you know, with listen, who knows what a couple joint practices up against, you know, one of the top teams in the NFC could make me feel a different kind of way come this time next week. But right now, my word is leery. And with that all being said, I want to say thank you once again to Kadeem and Charlie from Go Time Dolphins for joining us on the same old Dolphin show today. 
We love having you guys on. It's always a good time. So thank you for being here. Everybody, make sure you are following them on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on wherever wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to Go Time Dolphins. Uh, make sure, if you're not doing so already, that you are following us. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's at A-A-Ron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphins show on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. And, of course, every single episode of the Same Old Dolphin show is available at DolphinsTalk.com, your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. We hope that you will visit DolphinsTalk.com many times throughout the season, each many times a day, because we're at that time where news is going to start breaking, right? After this week, we're going to start seeing some cuts. You know, some folks are going to disappear at some point in time. We're going to, we wave goodbye to Adam Shaheen today. Soon we're going to say goodbye to Preston Williams, Lynn Bowden Jr. We might say hello to some new people. JC Treader, holler at me. Will Fuller's still out there. I'm just saying. Shout out Will Fuller. Respect. Respect Will Fuller. Um, dude's going to end up on the Cowboys. 100%. Hey, real right? quick, Josh, real, real quick. We got a uh, a betting episode coming Uh-oh. out on, on Go Time Dolphins. So okay. come over, catch that episode. Let's where go. You catch all the bets for, for the Miami Dolphins season, whether it's pre um, future bets for the entire season or whether it's go. player props. Come over to the Go Time Dolphins uh, and it's called Easy Money. So you, we're going to break down all the bets for the season. Is this, is it, we're going to have Eric as a comma on as a... We got we can find some draft have King, easy e on the uh, show. Come on now. We got some DraftKings Eric Ezukama prop bets in there. Uh but look man, come on over make sure y'all catch that up. Catch catch that with us and also catch the fantasy football episode because uh same old Dolphins co-host Josh Kasker is going to be go. in the Go Time Dolphins uh fantasy football league this year. So That's right. maybe one one of you guys could come over and, and and fill in one of the last couple spots we got in the uh, PPR league at Go Time Dolphins and, and win a championship Go Time Dolphins Fantasy Football League ring. That's right. My team is going to be called Only Punters because that's it. <laughs> Thomas Morstead at every position. Uh, Let's go. That's, you want a super flex? That's the super flex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for being on the show. Brain, You want anything you want to say on the way out? No, I'm excited to see some football. I'm excited to to see what this team looks like. Uh, and hopefully uh, we're not all already coming crashing down to earth uh, this time next week when we're recording our, our first show after a preseason game. Well, when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, you know what to do. Don't make me Call rip Hulk. off my true classic T-shirt. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll get fire up the Hulk Hogan theme song, baby. All right, everybody. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Genius.